music steward has a platter of goodies to play today. Here's a man to Thank you very, very much. Artie Wayne, Starlighters, Laytonia, Avello and Company, and hello, dear. How are you all? Happiness wherever you may be. This is kind of a guest week, and we're going to have a potpourri of different kinds of people. On uh, a couple of days back, we had uh, Greg Morris. Today we have a great arranger, fine composer, hail fellow well met, and a gentleman who has a magnificent hirsutian growth by the name of Mr. Mort Garson. And uh, Mortimer not only is a good arranger, composer, and conductor, but he has uh, rather a good time doing all kinds of good things, and I don't think uh, we should say much more except to uh, play a little of that with which he is associated, which covers about every field, from avant-garde to one of the most beautiful love albums you have ever heard in your life, which we'll get to a little later in the program. Uh, right now, uh, if there are any questions about this, uh, you better have a checkup. This is the fabulous harpsichord of capitals, great new artist Mariano, a gentleman that Mr. Garson has arranged and conducted for, and he also wrote this. It's called The 25th Hour, and uh, we're not even going to ask him what time that is, but we are going to listen to the rest of the record. Garson. Morton, how are you? Fine, Bill. Good to see you. Nice to You're be here. You're a very busy boy. Yes, very busy. Aren't you? Where did you, uh, where did you get your musical start? Well, uh, my first, uh, schooling was, uh, musically speaking, was on the piano. Mm-hmm. And then I got interested in composition, and I went to, uh, attended Juilliard School of Music in New York. Did you do that under your own power, or did you get one of those jolly scholarships? I got a jolly scholarship. Did you? Yes. Yeah, good and, boy. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh-huh. No, it sure isn't. How did you enjoy Juilliard as a school? Well, at that time, I was very oriented in classical music, and uh, uh-huh. it was uh, pretty much of serious uh, classical music that I was involved in, and uh, I didn't really... I wasn't really that aware of uh, the popular music at the time. Mm-hmm. I was writing string quartets and uh, symphony, symphonic uh, pieces, and uh, it was really wonderful. It was a different world. What uh, What actually uh, is the is the benefit that you derive from a school like Juilliard, as opposed to, uh, say, for instance, taking a, a full fledged music course at a major university that maybe even specializes in the music department? Well, I think the the big factor there is uh, that everyone involved in the school is uh, is has taken some musical course or instrument or uh, 
anything involved totally with music, and therefore your your atmosphere and environment is strictly a musical one. Mm -hmm. Any friends that you meet there would either be a, a singer or a violinist or a composer or a conductor, mm -hmm. and therefore you know your complete talk is is all music. While in a major university with a music department, uh, your environment would be uh, more of a varied uh, nature. Hmm. You may meet someone in economics or in... Yeah. In other words, the whole thing is it's music from top to bottom, right? Music from 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. yes. Are, uh, are the, in, the instructive uh, techniques used there good? I think it's one of the finest schools in the, in the country, yes. Mm -hmm. Is there anything comparable to it anywhere in the USA? Well, yes, they have the Curtis Institute in Philadelphia and mm -hmm. Peabody uh, and... One or two other schools that are comparable hmm. to Juilliard. Yes. And how much, uh, how much uh, does the great classical background uh, affect what you're now doing? Well, let me put it this way: it's it's a subconscious thing. I may uh, uh, refer to it without even knowing it. Uh, uh, I think, as a composer and arranger, I uh, pull a lot of uh, technical aspects from the classical. Uh, Repertoire and bridge them into uh, the popular field. Mm -hmm. And uh, naturally, I studied conducting there, which is uh, an essential thing for an arranger today. And uh, knowing the, knowing the instruments of the orchestra, I play every instrument. Not that I play them, but I'm aware of it as far as writing for it. In other words, its range, what it can do. Right, different timbers and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it was an essential part for the field that I uh, endeavored to go along with. Let's uh, play a little right yeah. here. This uh, features Mr. Mort Garson. This uh, happens to be on Capitol. And this is from the Hollywood... Uh, let's try that again. This is from the Holly Ridge Strings. And uh, they're Beatles set. And, of course, uh, as you say, you use uh, many of your classical things as you're uh, doing your writing. Yes, well, this uh, particular uh, uh, Holly Ridge Beatle album is... Uh, we used 45 musicians, which is like a, a symphonette. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was quite a challenge orchestrally to, to uh, transcribe it from... Uh, four guitars to uh, to a symphonic uh, structure of an orchestra this size. Well, it sure would be. And the Beatles live from Welsh folk tunes, too, and write lyrics to them. So uh, <laughs> we may as well just go along with the whole idea. <laughs> Thank you. 
sincero de donde crece la palma yo soy un hombre sincero de donde crece la palma antes de morir me quiero echar de estarzos del alma de un verde claro y de un jarmín encendido mi verso es de un verde claro y de un jarmín encendido mi verso es un cielo querido que busca el monte amparo Sandpipers there from Guantanamera, their uh, beautiful album. These are some youngsters who have an extremely good sound. Mort Garson, of course, had much to do with it. Mr. Garson, uh, what do you what do you find about the avant-garde sounds of people like the Sandpipers, for instance? Well, there's very little in music that I don't really like. Uh, I think the Sandpipers is an excellent group as far as uh, the blend, which is very musical. They the boys pretty much think alike. They, when they went to school together, they grew up together. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're almost brothers. And uh, when they sing, they f- they feel each other musically, which is uh, almost like uh, going back to the uh, to the great brother acts, like the Ames Brothers. You know, where when they sing, they got a perfect blend because they grew up together. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few groups where the boys have been together so long that. Uh, they they can actually anticipate what the other voice is going to do and uh, blend along with it. And uh, they have a contemporary sound, and uh, it just sort of fits right in with what's happening today. It's it's uh, not too uh, wild, and it's not too uh, soft. It's, it's a distinctive sound, and I think uh, they're going to do very well as the years go by. Our special guest is Mort Garson. We're about to pick up an album which is on Liberty. A subsidiary of the Transamerica Corporation now. Everybody's buying up record companies. Does it make any difference to you as an arranger? Well, if uh, in this particular case, uh, I'm glad that Transamerica bought uh, Liberty because uh, there's more money circulating in the company now. Mm-hmm. In other words, more of an opportunity to do some things like this? True, yes. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, take it from the top. i tell you what we'll do. Let's play two things from it. And uh, then we'll chat about them, and we'll just keep going, because this is all original composition. And it's called The Love Strings of Mort Garson, with some love sounds. A portrait of a young couple, I'm reading from the notes here. We'll find out whether this is true or not, because some of these liner note clowns get really carried away. A portrait of a young couple caught in the pulse of a big city. The prototype concrete jungle of looming skyscrapers and milling faceless crowds. 
And it sounds like you spent a lot of time in New York. I did. Huh? I did. Like Manny Album, huh? <laughs> Manny Album. <laughs> Back room next to the synagogue, I think it was, <laughs> where he used to do his arranging. We started off with Paradise in the Concrete Jungle and then The Apartment. And uh, we may not ever tell you what happened there, but we'll chat about the composition. <laughs> walking along the streets of Cement City, as we lovingly refer to New York, and the apartment, as we said, we're just going to play. We are not going to discuss it. It's quite sensuous, though. 
You're listening to the love strings of Mort Garson and his composition, The Apartment from This Beautiful Suite on Board Liberty, and all coming your way on the Bill Stewart Show from the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service in Hollywood. first two movements of uh, do you consider this a suite let me say that before I in a, in a, in a loose sense yes mm-hmm. I, I feel that uh, the album adds up from beginning to end it's it is a, it's sort yes. of a musical story right and although it's done in uh, a lot more movements than normally a suite right, would be done, right? yes do you consider mm-hmm. it a suite all right what uh, what was the whole premise Basically, let's forget the liner notes. Right. Well, I hope <laughs> we got the composer here. We may as well find out what right. happened. Well, I've been involved in the last couple of years of doing original music for for rec- for recording, uh, such as uh, uh, the analogy of uh, doing original music for, for shows and or for films. I believe that there's a, there's a very large uh, field for original music on albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing to do is find a subject matter which you can uh, write to. And uh, last year I did a, a thing on the, uh, on the zodiac signs. Yeah, that's right, you did. Yes. This year I decided to take uh, two young people and put them in a city and let them romp around and uh, go through all the uh, go go through all the changes of, of a large city, uh, such as. Uh, Different nights, different days, different scenes, mm-hmm. and that's what I try to uh, incorporate in this album. In other words, uh, you you start off with the young couple walking down, for instance. Uh, yes, down. I mean, drag in a big town, USA right. type thing, or right. anywhere in the world, for that matter. Exactly. Yes, it's and uh, sort of an international concept. Uh huh. Yes. And the apartment is uh, could yep. have been called the flat, right? Right. <laughs> Good old London. <laughs> How about the park when we were kids? Where Where did you spend your childhood? Well, I was born in Canada. Whereabouts? In St. John, New Brunswick. Really? Yes. That's good. I'm from Moncton. Oh, fine. That's not too far away. No. Yeah. How's the Mary Machie and uh, <laughs> Petakodiak and all those lovely rivers up there? I haven't been there in a long time, but it was kind of groovy. <laughs> I used to do music by faith in 1940 up there. You uh, go back that far, I don't know. But uh, a lot of good people came there. I went to school with Robert Farnan. Oh, really? Well, he's him? a fine arranger, sure. Owns the Mayfair Hotel, I think, mm-hmm. in London. <laughs> he spent any time. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So you came. You came from Canada. Is that where you basically got uh, your first taste musically? Uh, no, not really. I was just. Uh, I came here at a very young age. Ah. Uh-huh. I'm. Uh, I would say I, uh, New York is. Uh, I've lived in New York the greater part of my life. So that's that. Basically, then is home. That basically mm-hmm. is yes. Uh, so when you say the park when we were kids, are the you park re- when we were, well. Are you referring to Central Park? Yes, because that's like an oasis in, the, in, the, in Manhattan, mm-hmm. where uh, you're really in a, a concrete jungle, and you just go up towards the uh, towards the park, and all of a sudden they have like uh, twenty blocks of just green, mm-hmm. and uh, you always see people just taking it easy, walking around, and uh, you know they're thinking of of years gone by, where they uh, when they were kids playing around. And, no worries, no taxes, nothing. Like <laughs> Those are lovely days, aren't they? Yes. Let's recall a few of them.
There's nothing the matter with your speaker. Those are birds in the park. When we were kids, and continuing with the love strings of Mort Garson, this is a quiet Sunday. album which is called Love Sounds. The love strings of Mort Garson, his own composition, his own arranging, and even conducted. He's a triple threat man. Uh, you heard there the park when we were kids that we were discussing and also a thing called A Quiet Sunday. Who played harpsichord on that? I don't quite remember. remember. I figure with a good size orchestra sometimes you don't because yes. the dates vary. Well, I'm doing like uh, two, uh-huh. three, two, three dates uh-huh. a week, just about. Uh-huh. And... Uh, it's a you, little... go, you go through 120 musicians a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard to remember who played what. <laughs> Tell me about Chili City. 
And this is spelled with an E, friends, like in Santiago. All, All right. right. Well, this is a little, little uh, Spanish influence, a little Mexican influence there. Where it's, quite uh, a bit south of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's it's sort of a party time type thing. And, uh-huh. uh, it, uh, they may have just gone to some chili place and uh, taken it home and just uh, put on the records and dance and eat chili. It's kind of a weird combo. <laughs> <laughs> you follow that with a nocturne for Lonely Dreamers, which has some rather interesting classical overtones in it, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, this uh, is. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you one other thing before I ask you that. Do you have a favorite classicist? What, what school do you particularly like in the things that you studied classically? Well, my, my school is basically uh, the Ravel School, mm-hmm. the Busey School. Mm-hmm. Up uh, from there on up into Stravinsky and the mm-hmm. uh, contemporary 20th think, century composers. Do you think much has been created from a classical standpoint since Benjamin Britten? Well, we're into electronic uh, age right now. We're into electronic music. And Combined, of course, with the 18th century orchestra. Well, <laughs> we're in a very we're in a very avant-garde uh, stage right now. Uh huh. There's so much uh, there's so much going on uh, that it's hard to. Uh, Benjamin Britten is just about a classic a classic uh, example of like uh, uh, what's in the past. Even though he's a very fine composer, but you have people like Stockhausen and uh, Boulez who are doing such uh, way out things that it's, it's it's hard for anybody to really grasp what they're doing at the moment. Do they know? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to Nocturne for Lonely Dreamers. What did you, uh, what did you actually have in mind here? uh, This uh, actually is uh, uh, a piece that involves itself with uh, the reality of of life and and the dream world of uh, that we all go through. Mm -hmm. And I try to paint this musically, such as in the intro, where this is the dream world, uh, looking into. into space, uh, all kind of uh, thoughts, and then coming into reality with uh, the playing of the uh, the vamping of the piano, and I constructed it pretty much like a Chopin nocturne. Hmm. And at the end of the uh, the reality, uh, which in this case would be unrequited love, where the uh, the the boy uh, really uh, hasn't uh, the girl's out of town, and the boy's thinking about her, and that the uh, at the end, he uh, goes into the dream world again because she's away. She's not there at all. Hmm. It gets, uh, as I say, it happens to be one of my favorite things in it because I just love Thank the, uh, I love the, uh, as I say, the, Rod, there's kind of a montage of a lot of... Uh, yes, it is a montage, yes. ...classical effects used right. within the framework of it. And the next two movements are called Saturday Night Rendezvous, which outside of the fact, unless you can dance in 5-4, you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Midnight Blue. And uh, we'll play those two and then get back to our chat.
My goodness, that chili really gets to you, doesn't it? <laughs> this is the nocturne for lonely lovers. Dig That pretty, huh? That's the Nocturne for Lonely Lovers. All a part of this lovely Liberty album, The Love Strings of Mort Garson and his beautiful uh, suite, or whatever we like to call it. It's sort of a suite, as we have discussed. And uh, the Saturday Night Rendezvous, as I say, Mort is one of those talented people who can dance in 5-4.
next uh, movement, or whatever you want to call it, or vignette uh, contained herein, is called Love Affair in a Museum, which is a place that I suppose a lot of us go occasionally in a busy world to try and find some sanity. But uh, I don't know that I've ever had a love affair at a museum. Or how'd, you, how'd you work this out a little bit? Well, this nobles is, and statues yes. and artifacts and objects, dart and whatever. Well, there's there's really no set place uh, where you meet people uh, in, the, in a love sense, where like a boy meets a girl. It could be uh, on a bus or in a schoolyard or in a park. But in this case, they meet in the museum. And... Uh, I set it up pretty much of uh, a cold oyster uh, feeling with, uh, with a corral with brass and then get into the love theme. And they just uh, happen to be at the museum at the same time and they get the same vibrations and uh, they just uh, go, through the, go through the whole museum and come out and they're, they're, they're very good friends. <laughs> That's Mort's idea, musically, at least, of uh, a love affair in a museum. I'm sorry that we don't have time today to complete this entire thing, but uh, on uh, some ensuing programs, we'll uh, include uh, some more of the movements of this particularly beautiful affair that Mort's done with his love strings, and kind of a suite that's a story of a young couple in a large city, and it has a whole bunch of different musical vignettes within it. We'd like to thank him kindly for taking the time to drop by. We don't even have time for any more chatter. All we have time to say is uh, thank you ever so much for taking the time to allow us in, wherever you may be. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, the good Lord will and the creeks don't rise. We'll do it all again tomorrow about the same time, same spot in the dial. If you enjoy it, tell your friends about it, and we can get them around too, huh? In the interim, as usual, keep your powder dry. Do not blow your cool. And never forget that this is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Music